You're listening to Literally, the podcast where you literally get a complete behind the scenes peek at a one-on-one business coaching relationship and the transformation that unfolds over the course of six months. I'm your host, Lacey Seitz, business mentor and success coach and the founder of A Lit Up Life. These are recordings of actual coaching sessions with one of my clients where you get to experience her journey right along with her and gain insight into building your own lit up life and the business that you desire. Welcome to our special Literally mini series, Little Ones. I'm so grateful to you for joining me. Literally is dedicated to giving you all the behind the scenes details. Typically that looks like coaching one client for six months, but in this mini series, it looks like a deep dive with five of my clients who've all had a baby within the last year while running six and seven figure businesses. Having just had my son four and a half months ago, these were the conversations that supported me so much as I became pregnant and transitioned into motherhood. I wanted to know what really shifts in business, how do things look, what does balance mean, and so much more, and that is exactly what we're diving into here. You'll notice each client has their own flavor, experience, and journey, but I hope your biggest takeaway is that you get to do it your way and can take a little bit from each of them. So whether you're a mom now, want to be in the future, or just want to hear some behind the scenes from amazing business owners, this mini series was made for you. So let's dive in. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Little Ones. I am so excited to be here with Jess Jordana. She is an amazing client and friend. She is a copywriter, although better known as a heart translator who helps creative business owners turn their passion into words people actually get. She runs Jess Exo, a copywriting agency for creative entrepreneurs, and is the founder of The Promplate Shop. She drinks iced coffee all year round, which I can attest to, and firmly believes that if date night isn't tacos, you're doing it wrong. She couldn't do a day in business without her cute hubs Presley, her brand new baby girl Parker Jane, and her doodle puppy Joey. Joey Tribbiani. Sorry, did not want to get that wrong. She worked with everyone from solopreneurs to organizations like the Rising Tide Society, the Guide Culture, CEO School, and the Social Bungalow, but her most impressive accomplishment is surviving teaching in the high school classroom and getting to meet her former students for coffee when they come back from college. She's a brand new mama and is so grateful to be able to navigate what building and rebuilding her dream business can look like in balance with building her dream life. So that's basically what we're going to talk to today because I think that that is we got the the great joy and pleasure of starting our work together right after you had Parker. Like, I think that we yes. were like in conversation right before you had Parker and we started right after. And so I feel like I have such mm-hmm. a cool view of how much changed for you in that time. And so I'm really excited for other people to get to hear that as well, because I'm sure your audience has witnessed it, but them getting to like really hear the behind the scenes of it, I think will be really exciting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think just for context, fun fact, our discovery call was actually supposed to be on the day that I went into labor. So I had to cancel our call because (laughs) I was in labor. (laughs) Yes. I remember getting that email. That was so, so awesome. So, so much that people have to kind of like learn from you and for you to get to share with us. Obviously I read your bio, but just start by giving us like kind of a little intro to you and what you do. Yeah, absolutely. So again, I'm Jess. I'm a copywriter and brand messaging strategist, and I founded The Promplet Shop. I basically help creative entrepreneurs get the words thing right, because none of us really signed up to write words and have to make sense of what we do for people. But that becomes one of the hardest things that we have to do in our business. So um, I love being able to pull the magic out of creative entrepreneurs and show them, hey, this is your thing. Talk about this more kind of thing. And so that's what I do on a day to day basis. 
I have one little girl. Her name is Parker Jane Paxson, um, and she is now 15 months old, which is an interesting age because so they know what they want to say, but they can't tell you, and it's very frustrating. So she <laughs> is very excited little girl. She's strong-willed, and she will have full conversations with me, but I have no idea what she's saying. So that's going on right now, but I live in Northern New Mexico with my husband. My husband thankfully is so, so helpful and really present with Parker as well. So I do not feel like I'm doing this thing alone at all, which I think is a really big deal. And so, yeah, I work three days a week, which we can kind of talk about. I work three days yep. a week in the business. And then the other two days of the week, I have Parker at home. And that has been a really nice mix of being able to feel like I have time with her, but also not feeling like I have to work in the cracks and crevices, which I think is really, really important as a business owner, wherever you can get it. So we can dive into all of that, but that's me in a nutshell. So good. And I really appreciate that you mentioned the piece about having a supportive partner, because I do think that that makes a big difference, but that context is helpful too, because I think sometimes it's easy to kind of like look at people running a business with little ones and think like, Oh, like how are they making it all work? And like what I am wanting to be more of an advocate for is being like, they're probably not, they probably have a lot of people around them that are helping them make it all work. And so Absolutely. I think it's just really important you level set with that because that really does make a difference. I'm not saying you have to have that to have success, but I do think yep. that you have to have someone other than you to help you manage all the things, right? Yes, absolutely. And most of those um, kind of like TikToks or reels that like talk about like husband habits where they like put their clothes on the floor next to the hamper or they like don't do dishes. All of those are me in our relationship, not my husband. So he definitely is the more, um, kind of organized person when it comes to home and everything like that. So that has been really helpful just in our dynamics of me running a business and he does work full time too. So we definitely have to communicate a lot about that split and about kind of like sharing in those responsibilities, but I haven't ever had to like pull him to share in the responsibilities, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Huge, huge difference. Totally. So let's kind of go back to the beginning. So tell us what maternity leave yep. and time off looked like for you. You know, what did that process, even just leading up to it look like? Yeah. So for context, for everybody listening, the offers that I kind of had going into maternity leave were one done for you copywriting. Um, so we write sales pages, websites, all of that kind of stuff for business owners, email sequences. Um, and then I had the promptlet shop, which is basically our DIY process to walk you through writing your own copy for your business. And so going into maternity leave, I planned not to take on any clients during that time. And I think it's important to note that I could have because I had an associate writer. Um, so I could have had it to where she was taking on projects on her own or whatever, but I really just decided that I didn't want any of that on my mental load during maternity leave. And so that was one thing that I chose to do 
So we weren't going to take on any clients um, for three months of my maternity leave, but it ended up being like four-ish months because I wanted that month to kind of lead up with no clients as well. And so I took three months off. And during that time, it was just promptlets running, which is a fairly low ticket offer. Um, and it was running mostly yeah. on ads, but it's also worth mentioning that that the week that I went on maternity leave was also when the iOS updates went through. So that was an interesting thing as well in terms of our performance for ads and everything. Yeah. So that was just a beautiful storm. But our promptlet funnel was mostly running on ads and our organic content that I had created ahead of time. So um, I created enough content for three months. And so that was the main thing that was carrying us. And then my team was supporting like the inbox and all of that kind of stuff while I was out. Perfect. And I think, you know, what you said is so helpful there because I had a similar experience of like, I know that I could make money on maternity leave, but that doesn't feel yeah, important to me. What feels more important to me is like having that time. And obviously like any, any version of that can be right. But I think just knowing you have the permission to say that, like, I think it's really hard to say no to money in your business sometimes. Um, and it's mm -hmm. especially hard when I think there's so much pressure in our industry to like never dip down or to like never have a lower year or month or whatever. And so I think being mm -hmm. able to say like, nope, what I really want more than I want all that is three months without any mental weight with my baby. And I think yes. like, it's just cool to, to hear that. Was that like a hard decision for you or was it pretty easy? I think it was hard um, because you know this, Lacey, as my coach, but if I had a different middle name, it would probably be optimized. So I really like to yes. optimize my business to its fullest potential. And I feel like if you were going for optimal business performance, it would look like making a crap ton of money during your maternity leave. But yep. I knew that that optimal business performance was going to require too much of me or require something that I didn't want of me during that time. I'm really good at compartmentalizing tasks and like kind of buckets of things. I'm not good at compartmentalizing my brain. So I knew if there were big things going on in the business, even if they were set up to run without me, I would still have need my brain on it. And that just was not something that I was available for, for maternity leave. Cause I had no idea what that was going to look like. So I knew I needed to take my brain out of it as much as possible too. Um, just so that I had the option to be completely out of it. Yeah. So yeah, I think it was hard. It was a hard decision to make, but I made it very early on. I would say like maybe a couple months into pregnancy, I just decided what I was going to do. Um, and I never really wavered from that point. I just went all into like prepping and creating the content and like executing instead of deciding, oh, well, I could do this instead or whatever. I just went with that decision. I think that's so important. So that's something I've talked about so much with Megan because she was such a big advocate for that too. Like we decide early and then we spend the next seven months or whatever planning for that decision. And so I yeah. love that you said that too, because I think that that really is such a difference maker to be willing to go there because I think that, you know, sometimes we think like, oh, I should just be able to like take three months off at the drop of a hat. And it doesn't usually work mm -hmm. like that. And that doesn't mean you have the wrong business, <laughs> but you really can yeah. take three months off. It just looks like typically a longer planning or lead up time. But if you give yourself that gift by making that decision early, it really is so much 
easier than it seems. I mean, at least it was for me. Did it surprise you how simple it was once you kind of did that? Yes. And I thrive with a plan and with kind of like things to execute. And so I think one of the biggest questions I got during that time and after is like, well, how did you create that much content? I'm like, well, I just did it. Like, I just knew that was how much I had to create. And I doubled up or tripled up whenever I could. And I just, it was execution mode. And I think so many people are almost looking for an out from the work or looking for an out from Mm. the having to put a little bit of grind in there. And just, you talk about this all the time, Lacey, but just because it is extra work doesn't mean it has to be hard. Like the ease is almost in the fact that you know you have to do that and you're completing it and you're not kind of like wavering in that versus saying, oh, well, I could do two extra blog posts, but that feels like hustle and I'm not supposed to hustle. So maybe I shouldn't do that kind of thing. Like there was just no room for that. And I think a lot of us get tripped up in that just with our industry. Like, oh, if it feels like hustle, it must be wrong. And it doesn't have to be hustle just because it's extra work or just because it's putting in the work up front or whatever. Perfectly said. I think that's so true. And actually like the ease usually comes, like you said, from knowing what you're doing, but also from later, like the ease was having three months off with your baby and not having to think about it. So sometimes we put in the, the work a little bit to buy ourselves the ease later. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you're saying, I think our industry like makes it seem like, and that would be bad. And we're kind of like, nope, that's how it works, you know? Yeah. And I think like an easeful business doesn't look like being on the beach every single day. And if it did, like, I wouldn't want to be on the beach writing a full email sequence or whatever. Like I want to be on the beach to enjoy the beach. And in order to do that, you have to kind of put in the work up front. So I think that's important. So true. Okay. So what has been the hardest part of being a mom and business owner for you? I think kind of two things. One would be just physically. I had a really hard time recovering from labor. And so that was hard on me because that's just on your mind all the time. Like if you don't feel a hundred percent, it just kind of like creeps into your brain at all times. Um, And so I think that was hard for me probably for the first like six to eight months postpartum. And then the other thing is lacking in community. I think, so I live in a really small town where all the women have children and I didn't yet. And so I felt like I didn't really fit in yet. And I was like, oh, once I have a kid, then I'll totally be able to like, find my community or whatever. But because I have a business, I can't go to the mom's group because it's on one of my work days. And I can't like, and it's not that I wouldn't be willing to change that at some point, but it's not quite as easy as I can go anywhere at the drop of a hat because I have to make those decisions and then follow through with those things in order to keep my business running. So I think it's just been a little bit harder than I imagined to find community with other moms just because we don't have a lot of other moms who are business owners in my area. And I think Mm -hmm. that that can be really lonely and challenging sometimes. So yeah, yeah, I would say those are the two hardest things. And then just business-wise, I kind of blew up the entire business whenever I 
started <laughs> whenever I left my maternity leave. So that tends to be difficult, but yeah. <laughs> I love that you were like, oh, you know, some recovery, some community. Oh, also I burned my business to the ground. It's totally fine. Moving on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That feels like the more normal thing, but <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate you saying the community thing because I think that that is really true that it almost feels like, oh, once I'm a mom, there should be like this built-in community for me almost or something. Yes. And I think just like mm-hmm. realizing that like every person has their own version of this, but I think being a mom while owning your own business really is a quite unique experience. And so yeah. sometimes mm-hmm. it can be harder to find like the community in that and the conversations and that. I mean, literally that's one of the reasons we're doing this series yeah. because I think that it is truly such a unique experience. So I think that that's really true mm-hmm. what you said there. Let's expand on the, you changed your whole business part for a second. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll kind of go out of order here with our questions, but like what did mm-hmm. change? Like obviously a lot. So tell us that. Yeah. I think one of the things that I wanted to touch on here that I feel like is a common blunder with business owners is that when you think about going into having a baby, having kids, or maybe having your next baby or whatever, you try to imagine beforehand how to fit your current business into like half the time later. So you're like, okay, how do I take every single piece of this business and then just like squish it down, scrunch it down into like, I mean, I work 16 hours a week. And so before I was working, I mean, I didn't have terrible work-life balance, but I was working probably 40, 50 hours a week, something like that. And that doesn't compute. Like you literally cannot like just squish 40 or 50 hours into 16. And so I think that was the, really what maternity leave did for me is it just opened my eyes to the fact that I kind of built a business just for the sake of building a business. And like, there were a lot of these things that were going Mm -hmm. on that like, maybe sure I could optimize them to make more money, but I didn't actually like doing them. Or like, maybe I could outsource X task to somebody, but that task wasn't really producing the revenue that we needed it to produce or whatever. So like, it just really opened my eyes to the fact that it wasn't a squishing of the business that needed to happen, but really a reimagining of the business. And that was what kind of took place starting day one of our coaching calls, which has been quite the journey, I think. (laughs) But yeah, I think that's like the biggest takeaway is that you can't think that you're just going to slap a new time domain on everything that's already going on in your business. It's just going to look a little bit different. And maybe some people are better set up with those foundations than I was, but I really was not to set up for that. So it had to be a lot of kind of like tearing things down and rebuilding. Well, I think I'll speak from the perspective of having watched you go through that, but I think like what you did so, so well and sort of dismantling and rebuilding Mm -hmm. is you really changed your focus where I think your focus before Parker was like, how do I just make the money and grow this thing? And I think your focus post Parker is like, how do I make this fit the life I'm trying to build? Right. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think The other thing that like has really surprised me about having Parker is it has kind of become like a lens for me to see what am I living with 
day to day that I would like never, ever wish on her or that I like would not Mm. want to like transfer to her. And one of those things is when you started asking me the question, okay, well, yeah, we could do this or this, but like, what do you actually want? Like, what do you want from your business? And I was just like, wait, what? Like, hold on. What do I want? Like, nobody has ever asked me that before. And I mean, I don't know that that's true that nobody had ever asked me before, but that was never my focus. My focus was how can I make this better? How can I make this impressive? How can I make this, I mean, like all of those kind of achievey sort of things. And I kind of realized how long that had been going on in my life. And I just don't want Parker to ever be like, well, I'm just going to put aside what I actually want or what makes me happy so that I can be impressive to people. Like no way would I want her to do that. And so I think it just has created this like, hold on, what are you putting up with in your life? Like you would not wish that on your daughter. So why are you putting up with that? So yeah. Oh my gosh. That is so cool. That gave me goosebumps, right? I think it's so Mm -hmm. amazing. Like this has been my experience too, just how clarifying motherhood has been in so many areas, right? Where it just like gives you a new lens to see things through. And it's amazing the kind of clarity that comes through that lens of like, I'm a yes to this. I'm a no to this. I'm like, you know, and, and realizing that you're going to be an example. And so really figuring out like, what is the example you want to be? Mm-hmm. And I think you've, you've really made that your focus, which has been super cool. And I think a, a question that everyone that's listening probably would have to that, not to go off on a tangent, but to go off on a tangent would be <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> how did you let yourself go there? Cause I think when you're someone who is a high achiever, <laughs> high performer, like really oriented toward the impressive thing, it's really hard to all of a sudden be like, nope, even if you have the awareness of it, it's very hard to actually dismantle the things, take the steps. Like, what do you think allowed you Mm -hmm. to really start actioning those realizations you were having? Yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the things that comes to mind, I don't know where this originated, like in terms of attributing it to somebody, but I've heard it said before that if you have, if you hold a limiting belief, it's because it served you before Mm -hmm. in some way. And so I think that was my achieving nature. That was my like impressive nature. Like it had always served me to a certain extent. Like I, whenever I achieved things, I did get attention. I did get noticed. I did get the kind of elevation that I was looking for. And so it served me then, but I realized that it didn't really serve me because once I got those things, I never felt it. Like I never felt like I had arrived because I achieved that thing, or I never felt like I could celebrate because I did this impressive thing. It was just like, okay, I got that hit of approval and now I need to get another hit of approval in order to kind of keep going. So I think dismantling that truth that that was like serving me was the key, like first thing to realize like, okay, well, I actually am not enjoying my day-to-day life. Like in, uh, I mean, yes, I love my life, but like, it didn't feel like I was happy. Like I was able to kind of celebrate things or whatever. And so seeing that 
in that sense was key. And then I just started seeing that in every area of my life, like where I wasn't allowing myself to just kind of sit and accept things because I was looking for outside approval or because I was kind of waiting for the impressiveness to drop or whatever. Whenever I didn't receive that, Mm -hmm. I felt like I couldn't enjoy or celebrate what I'd done. And that's like no way to live. So I think that was the first step in letting myself go there, but not to say that it's been like I let myself go there once and then I was just there. Like it's been a constant, like, okay, we have to, and that's like where you've come in. Like it's been a constant, like, okay, well, you're trying to like achieve and avoid your way out of this thing. So let's go back here and address this thing instead of just moving forward in action here, which is my kind of default. So I don't know if that like makes sense or resonates with anybody in terms of like when something feels hard, you just want to like action. You want to take action or busy yourself with like the next achievement instead of thinking, okay, why is this hard and how can I address it and how can I change it? Um, so that's been the constant kind of like back and forth over the past, gosh, like 12 months. Yes. What I think is so interesting that I've really seen to happen for you is like you basically like Parker took away your ability to do it the old way because you're only working 16 hours a week. Right. So it's like yes, before yes. you literally could just action your way out of things and you could just like busy yourself and whatever. Like that was a true option that was on the table. And so it's almost like the Mm -hmm. coolest thing that happened was that option got fully taken off the table for you. Mm -hmm. And like, you couldn't use that coping mechanism anymore. And so you basically had to like rebuild all of these different ways to feel good in your business. That can't be just like do a shit ton of things. And I think it's really, Mm -hmm. again, cool that like Parker's arrival sort of was like, nope, this is off the table. Like you can't be that human that just works her ass off anymore. Like, so who are you instead? For sure. Yeah. And I think that's like to pose the most annoying question ever is like, do you really trust yourself? I do not like that question, but we had to like come face (laughs) to face with that question because I realized once I was faced with less work hours, once I like didn't have the option to overachieve or whatever, that I didn't actually trust myself. I just trusted the overachiever. I just trusted the overworker or whatever. And so it's kind of the same thing. It's like bringing you back to yourself and saying like, okay, just you, like without any of these things added, do you trust yourself? Do you value yourself? And for me, the answer to that was no. And so I had to like, kind of really start rebuilding that for sure. Yeah. So good. And just because it feels important to say here is like, and what I think you've done with that is so cool, which is like, because you went through so much of that, like you're now kind of building like the most transparent program of that. Like I read, mm-hmm. obviously this will be later when it comes out, but I read your sales page recently yeah. um, that we were kind of sharing back and forth. And in it, you were saying like, this isn't the program where I'm going to just pretend I did it all perfect and tell you how I did it perfect. Like this mm-hmm. is the program where I'm going to tell you all the ways I didn't get it right. And like, I've just never heard someone say it like that or explain it like that or want to kind of give that much to their audience. And so I thought that was really cool that it's like you went through this massive transition and you're like, cool, now 
like the way to, to move on from here is to pay that learning forward. Yeah, for sure. And I think like, I just want to reiterate over and over again that like becoming a mom or like going through your next motherhood journey or whatever, yes, it will change everything, but it doesn't just like change that feels great. And then you just like move forward kind of thing. And like, like you're saying with the sales page, (laughs) the like transparency thing, I'm excited about that, but you also know, like that kind of makes me want to crawl out of my skin. Like I, it is really, really hard, (laughs) but because, because it just like opens my eyes to all of these things. I also know there's no other option. Like I'm not willing to do the other thing. And so I'm going to do this thing, even though it's hard, but my eyes never would have been open to that. Had I not become a mom, had I not like been faced with being an example for this amazing little girl with being faced with needing to, fit a business into smaller hours and wanting to fit that business into smaller hours because they didn't have to go through with that. And I did. So I think it's important just to say like, just because you're moving forward doesn't mean everything feels perfect either, but you can still move forward with all of that. So good. I love that. All right. So you (laughs) might've already answered this for us, but let's kind of like put it in context here. But what do you wish you'd known before this? Like if you could go back to the just, you know, even before you were pregnant, maybe like, what do you wish you had known then? Oh my gosh. Before I was pregnant feels like <laughs> a lifetime ago, but, um, you're like, who is I she? Think, yeah. I know it's crazy. I think I would say that you don't have to allow yourself to live in a way that you would never want your child to live. I just think that's like the coolest lens to see things mm-hmm. through. And it's kind of like how everybody says, like, talk to yourself like you would talk to your best friend. But some people don't talk to their best friends very nicely. So I don't know that that's the best <laughs> thing either. But um, I think like when you see it through the lens of how you want your child to grow up in their minds, like what you want to go on in their heads, if you know how hard it is to go through life with what's in your mind, then change it and like do whatever you can to change it. And so I think that's been key for me, which I am honestly like, I'm a journaler, I'm an introspective person, but it has been the hardest thing for me to change these thoughts, but I haven't like exited out of it. And I think that's the most important part. So That's the thing I wish I would have done sooner because I just feel like I've missed out on so much Mm -hmm. with the mindset that I had then. So good. I think that's so true. I've thought about that a lot with like thinking about going back to work when I had Bennett. Like there was none of my clients freak out because this is not a thing. But there was a time where I was like, maybe I just wouldn't. (laughs) Like maybe I should just be home with him. I know you've struggled with that thought process too. Yeah. And what I ultimately Mm kind of came to the conclusion of is like, you know, I want him to grow up being like, my mom had like passion and she went after that. And like, she built us a beautiful life by following her dreams. I never want him to be like, oh, when I was born, my mom gave up her passion and she gave up her dreams. Like just so helpful to think about it that way. And that was such a guiding thought and guiding light for me and going back to work as being like, 
this is for like what story he's going to tell himself. And I'm not saying if you, you did become a stay at home mom, you'd be giving up your passion and dreams. I just know I would have because I love this business so much. And so it was just nice to have that way of thinking about it. So I really, really agree with that. Mm -hmm, For sure. Yeah. I wasn't really sure how to phrase this, but one thing that I wish I'd known before Parker is that a big business does not prove anything to anyone. And so like, if you really don't want a big business, don't go after it unless you want it kind of thing. And I think that's like what I was pursuing was I just wanted to prove that I could build a giant business, which is so dysfunctional on so many levels. But I never would have known that that was wrong had I not had like a big shift of some kind because it was working for me. Um, And so I think that that Mm -hmm. is something I wish I would have known sooner, but I'm glad that I was able to make that shift whenever she came. Yes. Oh, so good. That is so juicy. I love that one. Okay. So last question, which I feel like is a loaded question, (laughs) but is very (laughs) worth asking because I think like everyone will probably answer this really differently. And I think that's important for people to hear, but to you, what is your version of balance? And it also might just be what your version of balance is right now. It's okay if that might look different uh, in, in, you know, a month or two months or whatever, but for right now, what is your version of balance? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think for lack of better word, I think compartmentalizing and like deciding what that's going to look like ahead of time is my version of balance. So like, I'm not Mm -hmm. somebody, not to say I haven't ever worked through a nap time, but I'm not somebody who can allow my business to hinge on nap times only because like, what if you don't get that or what if something happens or whatever? So like, I need to decide ahead of time that these, for me, it's three days a week to work or for somebody else, it might be two hours in the evening to work, but deciding that ahead of time makes it to where you either get somebody to help you or you figure out how to do your other things during the day so that you can make that happen or whatever, instead of thinking like, okay, well, I might have two hours here. Could I get this one thing done? And then your two hours is blown up and you don't get anything done kind of thing. So Mm -hmm. I think that's been the biggest thing that's helped me is just having time where it's like, okay, this is my business time. And then on Tuesdays and Thursdays for me, I'm just a mom. Like I don't have to do business things. I can pop in on stories if I want to or whatever, but that's not my responsibility that day. So I don't need to let it kind of enter my brain. Um, and so not to say that it doesn't ever enter your brain, but just having those things really defined ahead of time helps me so much. And I think knowing that, the work is always, always going to be there has just been like, I've just had to come to that realization in this season. Cause I think I knew that before, but I was like, but if I get to it now, then maybe less work will be there whenever I get to it later or whatever. But like, that's just not true. Like it's always going to be the same amount of stuff that you have to do. And like, yes, you might get things done slower or faster, but it's always going to be there. So you can just kind of set that time and know that it's going to be there for you whenever you get to it sort of thing. I think that's a really helpful explanation because I I definitely resonate with that too, where I try to always think about like, I never want to be in a position where I'm feeling 
frustrated at Bennett for not doing something because I need to work or whatever. So like the nap thing is the perfect Mm -hmm. example. Like I never want to feel like, but you have to nap right now because mommy has to like work. Like I don't want to set up that difficult relationship there that like you could easily kind Mm -hmm. of find yourself in where, you know, your, your baby's just being a baby, but like you've tried to plan for them to be like, you know, doing certain things at a certain time. So for me, I'm such a big planner and that's really been something I've had to like let go of is being like, I can't plan it that he's going to do that well because I never want to feel that frustration to him. And I think that's what you're saying so well. Mm -hmm. For sure. Yeah. And I think too, on the front of like balancing your, so like for me, balance, quote unquote, I'm like doing air quotes, but, um, balance (laughs) looks like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, I work typically from like eight o'clock until like two, sometimes three, then Tuesdays and Thursdays, I'm a mom. I just do my days with Parker fully and everything like that. But for me, that has meant that I have to, I can't say no to my mindset, like deep dive, because if I don't work on my mindset around my business or my mindset around my worth outside of my work or whatever, then on Mm -hmm. those off days, I'm just going to be stewing on what I'm not doing in the business or stewing on an email that was sent the day before or whatever, instead of like really being able to be present on those days. And while I haven't done that perfectly at all, I do think the mindset work that I have done has allowed me to just say, okay, Tuesdays and Thursdays, like I have no responsibilities in my business. Like my team has things that need to be handled covered. And other than that, like I've set everything else up to be able to function within those three days. And so we may not move as quickly sometimes, or there may be something that I like wish that I could tackle on a Tuesday or whatever. But for the most part, it's allowed me to be more present because I've worked on that kind of like deeper mindset stuff that would just like be spiraling on those days when I have no one to talk to. So Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh, so good. So important. And so helpful to just level set that that's not like a one and done thing, but it's something that you consistently work on. So you consistently have that experience. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jess, I'm so grateful to you. This was so helpful and so transparent. And I think just so, so useful, whether you are thinking about having kids or have one now, or, you know, if you're in that place of being like, did I build it right? And like, am I like creating the message that I would want to share with a little one, um, is so, Mm -hmm. so, so beautiful. So I'm just really, really grateful to you for being willing to be so candid with us. And I would love for you to tell everyone where they can connect with you and find you. Yes. Well, thank you for having me. This was such a fun conversation. I love being able to talk about the real stuff that goes on inside of businesses, because I think like as much as people want to say they talk about it, it doesn't happen very often. But as far as where to find me, I am on Instagram at Jess Jordana. So J-E-S-S-J-O-R-D-A-N-A. And then my website is jessicajordana.com. If you need copy help, go to the website or DM me on Instagram. And if you are a copywriter, I would love to connect with you and have you kind of follow along and be able to share some of the things that I was able to stumble my way through so you don't have to do the same thing. So yeah. Yes. And that program that I mentioned that the sales page for was so good about like what you 
had learned is for copywriters. So if you're a copywriter, absolutely check that out as well. Yeah, totally. So good. Well, thank you for being here. I love you and appreciate you. Awesome. Thanks, Lacey. Bye. Thank you for listening to Literally. I am forever grateful to you for being part of our journey and spending your time with us each week. I would love to hear your thoughts on the podcast, so please leave us a review. Each month, I'll be picking a reviewer to give my MSC bundle to as a thank you for listening. This bundle combines trainings and workbooks that walk you through a condensed version of the work I do with my one-on-one clients through my mindset strategy and execution framework. And remember, sharing is caring. If you know someone who'd benefit from this podcast on their own entrepreneurial journey, please share it with them. What I know we need more of in this world is women living lit up lives and running businesses they love and are beautifully compensated for. And if you want more tips and strategies for growing and scaling your own business, but are short on time, then you are going to want to opt into my private podcast feed, Back Pocket Business Mentor. You'll get immediate access to a private podcast feed full of tons of three minute episodes where I talk about everything from how to pick a strategy and business model that works for you to how to show up online as an expert and increase your conversions. Just go to a lituplife.com forward slash back pocket to dive in.